You're listening to God, Family, Politics with Dr. Tyra Hodge. Dr. Hodge is the author of five books. Her goal is to keep you pointed toward your destiny in Christ, to help keep your family strong, and to keep you up to date with current events. Join us as we dive in to today's topic. Okay, hey y'all, back to Parenting Connections. Today, I am very honored to have Alex McFarlane. I listen to Alex um, about four to five uh, days a week when I'm leaving work in the car. And so he's usually with the entourage of people, but he is considered um, probably one of our country's top apologists. And um, it's AFR Radio. Yeah, American Family Radio. American Family Radio. And so this is an honor. And um, But I asked him if it was okay if I asked personal questions because you don't ever just get Alex McFarland and so I got to make the most of this time. Alex, welcome. It's so good to be with you and anything you want to talk about and and you're so gracious and by the way, congratulations on how God is using you and you're broadcasting and you're creating content and uh, good job. Okay, okay. So I'm going to be real here for a second. Right on, yeah. I let some stuff slip as a parent. Um, I've been work doing. I'm, I'm an um, educator by trade. I still am um, the assistant principal. Wow. But I, personally, I've been doing nonprofit probably since 2009. Um, started off with Mothers Raising Children Alone. We did single parent support groups around Houston, wow. and I transitioned it. I got uh, married about seven years ago, and I transitioned it into Parenting Connections. And so I've spent years um, diving in and helping families, and I've let my own children lack. And recently I asked my kids about some of the famous Bible stories, and they didn't know them. Mm. Wow. And so... Um, talk about the investment, if you don't mind. First, please introduce yourself. This is Alex McFarland. Well, thanks very much, Tyra, for having me. And um, I grew up in North Carolina. I'm a big fan of Texas, though. You and I, as we record this, we're in Texas. And I, yes. I, I tell people the Lord must love Texas because he made a lot of it. I mean, it's a big place. But I um, became a Christian when I was in college. I was 21 and started going to a Bible study, became a believer got into apologetics, really, because I was trying to witness to a lot of my friends at school. And went to graduate school, became a youth pastor, got married, 
30 years goes by and here we are, you know. Tell people what an apologetist is. So if you don't go to Bible college and you don't ever hear that term. Right. Well, there's a verse in the New Testament, 1 Peter 3.15, that says, Be ready always to give an answer to everyone who asks a reason for the hope that you have. Uh, and do this with gentleness and respect. And the word reason and the word answer is really why we believe what we believe. And, and in the Greek, it's the word apologetic. So somebody said, well, you know, why should I believe that the Bible is true? Or why should I believe Jesus is real? Apologetics is explaining why we believe the Christian faith, the evidence for Christianity. And, and I want to commend you, you being um, in school administration, being, uh, did you say an assistant principal? I am. That, I was a behavior specialist for many years. Bless you. That is ministry. And it, and it has been. And you, you know, in Romans 13 in the New Testament, Romans 13, 1 through 7, uh, it says the powers that be are ordained by God and are actually his ministers of righteousness. And much has been written on what is meant by the words the powers that be, and whether it be educators or a teacher, a disciplinarian, law enforcement, uh, the military, keeping the peace. Um, you, as an educator, you are ministering to kids. And um, do you know what? I remember when I was in high school, there was a principal I had, and he's uh, elderly now, but his name was James Turner. And um, I was not a believer yet, but I was getting in with the wrong crowd. I was playing guitar. I thought I was going to be a rock star. And um, I was underage, and there was a movie theater, and they would let bands, little teenage bands, play on Friday night. That's where I had my first beer. And I'll never forget Mr. Turner. I can't believe Alex McFarley just had a beer. <laughs> I, I, well, you know, we, we all have that time. We all had way more, so I'm not judging. The but it's just like, yes. <laughs> and I will never forget Mr. Turner one time. He, I was going through the commons, and he motioned to me, and of course, fear goes to my heart. Oh my goodness, the principal is motioning to me. What's he found out? You know, and Mr. Turner said, um, Let's take a walk because um, we had a car show, and I love old cars, you know, muscle cars, Mustangs, Camaros. Mr. Turner took a walk with me, I'll never forget. And I'm, my little heart is beating. I thought I was in trouble. And he said, um, you know, you like old cars? I said, oh, yeah. And he said, that's great. And uh, we were just talking. And he said, hey, you know what? The people you hang out with, they will make you or break you. I'll never forget that. And it wasn't some big sermon up in my face. And he said, um, young man, you're, you're a good student. Um, you're making B's and C's, but you could make A's. But he's been kind of put his arm around me, and I didn't really know him that well, but he said, you know, you, you can go places in life, but you got to be around the right people, because people will make you or break you, and son, I just don't want to see you uh, miss what, and I'll never forget, and this is a public high school, my principal, he said, I don't want you to miss what the good Lord put you here to do. Now, believe it or not, here it's 40 years later, I still remember that, and I later found out um, I was speaking at a church and I met his sister-in-law, no, I'm sorry, his sister, and, and I said, oh my goodness, Mr. Turner, I've got to ask you, because I know, I know the answer already, he's a Christian, isn't he? She goes, oh yes, of course, devout Christian for many years. My point being, 
one two-minute conversation began to put me on the right path. And I applaud you and all of the people in education that are um, helping young people know what is truth. And you know something, I am, okay, I'm a preacher in a pulpit, and we know preachers are supposed to tell people truth, but I would say to the teachers out there, even the, the business owners, the employers, all of us have entree into somebody's life, and we can sow that little seed, can't we? And uh, one of my favorite verses is 1 Corinthians 15, 58, that says, Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. The grandparent, the mom, the dad, um, we need to be obviously Christians. I, I want people to know the Lord Jesus. But um, there's a line, Morgan Freeman, forgive me for going on a rant. But oh, absolutely. No. There, there was a movie years ago, I'm trying to think of it, I, I'm thinking it might have been the movie's Bonfire of the Vanities. But Morgan Freeman is a judge. And there's all these people going crazy and they're suing each other. And Morgan Freeman just pleads with him and he says, be good. And everybody likes what a mind-blowing thought. <laughs> and he says, look, remember what your grandmother told you. Remember that still small voice. Go out there, listen to. And he, he, he doesn't say the Holy Spirit, but that's what he's talking about. He says, go be good. And one of my prayers for this country is that we would remember it wasn't selfishness and lies and immorality that made us a great prosperous nation. It was goodness of God and morals in every life. And so I'm just a guy, I found the Lord by His grace, but it was a whole lot of people that nudged me toward the right direction. And we're, we're for God and country, we're nudgers, aren't we? Yes. Yes. Trying to put people toward that path. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Okay, okay. So I, you know, and I've known that the education field was my ministry. I worked with some of, you know, some of the most severe behaviors with students. And I, throughout the years, 15, going on 16 years, I watched them change. I watched them seek and there was always that one moment, that one moment that we have that serious conversation with them. And I always wait for the Lord. I don't try to do it on my own, but then I just then I'm just a fanatic in all this service. But there's always there always comes this moment. This moment and you know when it is that you have to say that one thing that you're meant for. You you're 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 meant for more. Yeah. There's a plan for you. Yeah. There's a good and that you don't have to, your life can change. You don't have to be defined by your family, you know, or whatever your family or your is, past. or your past. And so, and so I, I, I see that. And, and I think in my life, a principal came up and he didn't, we never had any conversations. I think I got in trouble in sixth grade, but something he said in the eighth grade, he said, you know, you're, you put his hand on my shoulder, you're a good kid. And I decided to be that good kid because I always hung out with the people that were misbehaving. I didn't misbehave because my mom was a cop. But, you know, just enough, you know, I'm always in the background. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but, so there's definitely a pivot point then. Not that in my 20s I went off and went crazy and stuff, but then, you know, I realized, hey, you 
know, maybe I am a good kid. So it's just that 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 short conversation we had. Yeah. Short positive conversation and nothing Amen. else. He didn't say anything. Else. Amen. And so for parents, for my parents, what do we need to do? I mean, taking your kids to church is yeah. no longer enough. Because we're sending them to children's church, and this is what I've gathered from what's happened with me and my kids. We send them off to children's church. We send them off to youth group thinking that they're getting what they need. And really, it's the responsibility of the parent. Do you have something to say on that? Well, I do. And thank you for um, queuing up that wonderful question. And, you know, earlier you mentioned um, maybe not touching all the boxes in the lives of your own kids. Let me say, don't beat yourself up. You know, I, I've talked to a lot of moms and dads on the radio show and in our conferences that we do, and they'll say, you know, oh, I, I blew it. I didn't pass the Christian worldview on like I could have. For one thing, don't beat yourself up, because we're, we're all a work in progress. And, and I think the good Lord knows that. And um, a verse that I love is, excuse me, in the Old Testament, Joel 2.25, this is amazing. It says, God restores the years the locust has eaten. Praise Jesus. I'm, I'm a farm boy, Tyra, and I remember we, we would grow corn, and um, we had chickens. We, I mean, literally, I, I know what it is to feed the cows and gather the eggs. I really do. And um, if the deer eats your corn crop, you're out of luck for next year. Oh, wow. So they do that. Oh, they do that. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you. Uh, deer can uh, clean out a, a field of corn. Um, if there's drought and the, the vegetables die, I mean, you're out of luck. I remember one time, my dad, you know, we had trying to grow 100 acres of corn. My dad had spent many thousands of dollars, and a drought came in, a hailstorm. Well, you're out of luck for next year. God is so powerful, because God is beyond time, but yet he's in time. And even if you say to yourself, well, I've neglected my marriage or my kids, it's too late. It's never too late. With Jesus, it is never too late. And do you know what? Um, a decade of, let's say you're an older person and you've got 10 years left, odds are. But a year with Jesus is better than seven decades without Jesus. And so um, lean on that verse and whoever is watching this, look, where you are right now, as you are, turn to Christ. He's as close by as prayer and just come clean. You know, um, when I was in college and I heard the gospel, I was excited because I was like, I, I know I need the Lord in my life. I was drinking, I was partying, I was failing school. I'm ashamed to tell you, my family, we had this struggling farm. I stole money out of my daddy's cash register. I, I mean, I, I regret that. And I began to think, God couldn't love me. Um, I've taken the Lord's name in vain. When I was a kid, me and my sister played with a Ouija board. I mean, that's a cult. There's no, I'm, I'm unsavable. The Lord, even Jesus himself couldn't save a sinner like me. I've gone. And I, I spent weeks believing that there's no way God could love me. And then one day I was driving a delivery truck and, and I just pulled over and I said, Lord Jesus, I need you. And it was like the Holy Spirit said, 
believe me. Trust me. Take me at my word. And I, I got down by my bedside and I, said, I prayed. And it was probably a pretty awkward prayer. But I said, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for the world on the cross. And I believe you died for me. And when I realized that the Lord Jesus loved Alex McFarland, sinful as I was, you know, that changed everything. What I want to say to your listeners is, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. You say, but this, no, no buts. Jesus loves you. We're sinners. And the Bible says Christ came to save sinners. And so whatever you've done, he will forgive. Whatever has been done to you. See, isn't this one of the great things of the gospel? Jesus can not only forgive our sin, he can heal our wounds. Isn't that great? Yes. And he rose from the dead. And so I just would tell everybody, um, the life that you seek, and, and like Tyra said, you're a good kid. You know you were made for a purpose. There, there's, there's something that you're here for, and deep in your heart you know it. Jesus will set you on that path to blessing and favor and a, a brand new start, and he's as close by as a prayer. Trust God, take him at his word, and he says in John 6, 37, oh, this is a good verse. I like this verse. It said, Jesus said, the one who comes to me, I will in no way reject. Wow. And I forget about that verse. Wow. So Jesus, and remember, Christ cannot lie. That's right. He said, the one who comes to me, I will in no way reject. Hey, I like that. Yes, I do. Alex, thank you so much. And this is the first time, and I think in four years that I've been listening, I think it's been about four years that I've been listening to y'all on the radio in the afternoon when I go home. This is the first time I think I heard your testimony, what wow. piece of it. So this, this, that, you know, is even more personal. So thank you so much, and thank you. Um, tell them about what you do, because he's written like 21 books. Uh, actually, 18. 18. Written a bunch of articles. Just 18. Um, well, my website is alexmcfarland.com, and we do conferences. Now, I started out just really putting on big youth conferences. The next conference, i got to get you to come speak sometime. Oh. Um, if you are willing it's to like, take on some speaking engagements. Absolutely. But I would love some. October 15 through 17, we're going to be in Myrtle Beach. It's our 48th major conference on biblical worldview. We've got Bishop E.W. Jackson, one of the most powerful speakers you'll ever hear. Harvard constitutional attorney, E.W. Jackson. We've got Sandy Rios, Frank Turek, more than a dozen speakers on Christian worldview, and it is for youth, it is for adults, and we're going to talk about biblical worldview and how you can know what you believe and share your faith confidently in every situation. Go to my website, alexmcfarland.com. I'd love to see you at Myrtle Beach, October 15 through 17. And Daniel's going to put that card up there. Oh, thanks. Yes. Praise God. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you. Bless Great you. to meet you. Finally. I mean, uh, awesome. Love and prayer 